Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. You never fail to surprise me, Mike. Is that good or bad? I mean, when it comes to hyperbole, hyperbole, you are uh, a master, I think. Is hyperbole <laughs> mean a exaggeration of the truth? Yes. Does it also mean what you, you maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm <laughs> but I don't mean to be mistaken? I think that you were spectacularly um Okay, so we were hanging with some friends, some new friends. New friends. You were um, outlining your digs, like just setting up like, oh, here's where it's like where I live. And then you're talking about like your neighbor and how your neighbor has a cat and you wanted a cat, but you invited the cat to like come across the balcony that you shared with your neighbor. Yeah. And instead she put up a huge partition, like a cubicle between us because she's like, that man will never have my cat in his place. <laughs> and now we're kind, but I... uh yeah. I, we don't see each other. Right, right. You're friends. But she was like, yeah, she put the stop to her pussy crossing that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in the description of it, I loved it so much because you were like, yeah, we have this shared balcony. And I was like, wait, I've been to your place. Are you talking about the fire escape? I <laughs> was <laughs> and still am. And I was like, you would make a great realtor. Yeah. Yeah. That shared balcony is like, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, Southern exposure, um, crown moldings, shared balcony. Shared balcony. <laughs> Turns out it's a fire escape. I didn't know. Well, mm, so I, I genuinely have always called it a shared balcony until you said it's a fire escape. And then it clicked in because <laughs> one, you're right. Uh, but it's got two, those ladders coming up and down. It yeah. you know, goes up the whole side of the building. There's not really a lot of place for you to put stuff. You're encouraged not to go outside on it. I'm not on allowed it. on it. <laughs> There's I'm a big allowed. sign that says, warning, not weight-bearing unless it's an emergency. Yeah, it just yeah. has a bunch of my dead Christmas trees. But it's definitely like in New York terms, that is a shared balcony in a lot of places. Like I felt you on that one. But it's not a shared balcony. It's a fire escape. It's a fire escape. And I didn't know that. And now it feels great to know that I have a fire escape because had there been a fire, yeah. I don't think I would have used my shared balcony. Oh, you wouldn't have gone outside for that. You would, you would have just, what, like thrown a towel over your head and like shut yourself up in your bathroom? Well, two things I think I would do in my place. One is I think I would wrap myself in the tub yep. and try and stay fire, fire safe that way. Mm -hmm. Or I've seen a lot of people just open the front door and sprint outside. Right. Um, but now I know that I have a fire escape. <laughs> so you might have just saved my life by calling me out on my bullshit. I think your fire safety uh, quotient just went up. I think my next step, maybe for your birthday, maybe for both of us, you know what, I will get us both uh, fire extinguishers. I feel like that's something we should both have in our homes. We absolutely should. Do you have one? Uh, if I do, I don't know <laughs> that I do. <laughs> Great. I'm getting you a fire extinguisher. Because I also, of course, take my fire alarms and carbon monoxide. I take all the batteries out of everything. Because oh, especially in an apartment, like you can't cook a steak in a cast iron unless you take the batteries out of your fire alarm. Yeah, that seared salmon is not doing anyone any favors at 11 o'clock on a Friday when you're setting off alarms. And I know because you cook late. I do cook late. You generally are going to be setting off those alarms between like, what, would you say like midnight and 3 a.m.? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And I just keep waving a towel, a dish towel over my phone. Okay. So I do want to debate you because I think what what is the difference between a fire escape and a shared balcony? Okay. What do you think it is? 
<laughs> Since I thought it was a balcony, I will say a shared balcony to me is something outside of the inside okay. that two people share mm -hmm. that they can go outside and be on. Right. That's a balcony. I think in so many places it is. Like Romeo and Juliet, you know, she came out on that balcony. It was just a place for her to be outside. Right. It didn't need to be fancy. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure as a Capulet, it was probably like a very nice, fancy, wealthy space. But like, you know, New York style West Side Story, that shit, there's a fire escape. It's true. So the fire escape means the, the ladder going down to escape the fire. Correct. So when Rapunzel let down her hair, she technically made her balcony into a fire escape. She, I think she just turned her um, hair into her fire exit route. I don't know if there was a balcony. Her hair was the fire escape. Her hair was the fire escape. Mm -hmm. So am I right or wrong? Because <laughs> I, I, I got laughed at by a whole car full of new it, friends. I mean, it was the timing of it because you were talking it up so well. And, I, and then I, I wanted to sound cool in front of these <laughs> you people. You are cool. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what do you think you have? And then like, you know, we may as well have pulled over and smashed into a sign. Everyone was laughing so hard. Sorry I nagged your shared balcony, Mike. I didn't mean to. It's, <laughs> it's fucking cool. And it's a good smoking spot too. <laughs> no, it's not. Now you're just being, now you're hyperbolizing. Mom, I'm just trying to be nice. Yeah. Mom. So I, I, so do I have a, but I have a fire escape. You have a fire escape. Yes. Okay. That's good to know. Yep. That's cool. There was a really funny time well, no, you had to be there for that mushroom trip. Anyway, what up, Mary Jane? <laughs> How's it going, Mike? Awesome. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And um, and Mary Jane calling me out and for me, a bunch of dumb shit. And, 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 and cosplay today. Oh, it's super cosplay. And fantastical cosplay for things that we love. Go if to you, our YouTube yeah, and start you, watching our YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube. We just broke 300 subscribers and we just started it. So that's a nice start. But I'm looking for that 10K, 100K million i want to i want a youtube plaque yeah mr beast we're coming for you yeah uh today if you're looking at our youtube you can see that we're doing a little cosplay in honor of uh something that we're going to talk about in a little bit mm -hmm. a little teaser if you're a fan of the show and you're a fan of us you might be able to guess what we're doing <laughs> it was very funny to text you from vegas and be like, I have the dumbest idea. And you'd be like, uh, hit me with it. It can't be any dumber than this fire escape thought you had. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well, I knew that you were tripping in Vegas while I was like doing some, you know, late night rambling around my house because I got that text. And I was like, number one, fucking awesome that you're hanging in Vegas by yourself and thinking of us and the next time we record. I love that. Like thinking of fun ways to have a good time on Weed and Grub. And number two, how many drugs are you on? <laughs> <laughs> I was on a lot of drugs. I was on a handful of what them. Was ha what happened in Vegas? Well... A lot, okay. but also very little. Like, Perfect. I think when people picture Vegas, they picture a hangover-esque, crazy coke-fueled, fucking in the bathroom, pulling, pulling panties to the side, doing cocaine with the bathroom attendant time. Ooh. And is that yours? It kind of sounded kind of hot. I don't know. <laughs> the panties to the side was just so specific. It just took me like down into like some very like Steven Soderbergh-esque flash in my brain where I was like, okay. That's where I got All it right, from. All right. What are we doing? Okay. Yeah. Do you know that movie? I think Natalie Portman plays a uh, stripper and it also has Clive Owen. It used to be a great stage play as well. Um, I did not see it. I do know what you're talking about, but yeah. I'm not familiar with it. Oh, uh, it's the hottest movie. Clive's a hunk. He's such a fucking hunk. Portman's a babe. Yeah. And it's such a good movie, but that's what I was picturing when I talked about panties to the side, was okay. the, the the lap dance scene between Clive Owen and Natalie Portman in that film. Great. And I think it's a Sodenberg. Okay. So my version <laughs> of Vegas is not that. When I'm going through a real hard time and I need to escape, I need to reset, I need to kind of um, unpack whatever I'm carrying and I don't really have anywhere to put it. I go to the Cosmopolitan for a couple of days, 
I'm a gold member, not a big flex. There's also platinum, not there yet. <laughs> um, and I get a nice room. I do the move where I get a like terrace and then I give the bell person 20 bucks. And then I always get a one bedroom with a tub and a You hit that upgrade thing. with the $20 slide, oh, which so I learned good. from you. Will you tell everyone, like, because I learned that from you. You had learned it on TikTok, I think. And the, when we went to Vegas together and you pulled that off, I couldn't believe it actually worked. Yeah, it's a great move. Also, I will say, sorry, I'm trying to not be low energy in this one. Um, I have been on drugs for two weeks and I'm really trying oh, wow. to bring a lot to the table. Okay, great. So, um, so every time you go to Vegas, just get the room you can afford and then be a really nice person. Be very chill. Uh, get there early. Don't get there at like 4 p.m. when your check-in is at 3. Get there at 1 p.m. You know, treat yourself to a full day in Vegas. And when you hand them your ID and your credit card for um, incidentals, also have a little 20 in there. And they'll always call up and see if they have an upgrade available for you because, you know, cash is king. And in a place like Vegas where anything is truly possible, mm -hmm. a little bit of cash and a lot of kindness goes an incredibly long way. Definitely. I've seen it work. I've seen you be just so nice and unassuming and friendly. And like producer Mark just said, the $20 sandwich. It, I've seen it work. And, you know... I'm sure that it's a pleasure for um, hotel staff to instead of have someone complain about something and look to get that upgrade or that, you know, free thing or whatever to have someone be like, actually, I'm just going to try my luck and see if this $20 will like make it happen. That Man, sounds nice to me. It, I like it doesn't so sound presumptuous at all. Thank you, because the person next to me when I checked in was this like flat footed, beer bellied, shoeless wonder oh. who was stomping, <laughs> stomping from uh uh, hotel check-in person to hotel check-in person because okay. they were on the phone and he's like, this guy's been on the phone for seven minutes trying to help me. And he goes around, he's like, can anyone help me? Can anyone help me? And they gave him no upgrade. They gave yeah. him like a shit room. He was a real... Why did he not have shoes, do you think? Was he like coming from the pool or something? If he was, he should have stayed there and calmed the fuck down because ah. nobody deserves to be treated like that. <laughs> Check-in check in are the only people who don't make tips, says producer Mark, which is it, it totally fucking works. It's it's I've seen it work and it is also I would say that check-in people are arguably as the front lines, the people who take the most in the neck. So 100%. great. Yeah, slip him that um, $20 and see what happens because it was freaking cool to watch. Well, I'll, uh, on that tip, tip. Tip, tip. I never left money for the uh, maids and turnover service until you and I started touring for Weed and Grub. I didn't, oh. that never crossed my mind to like leave a 10 on a table when you leave a place. I, and I do it all the time now, but it never occurred to me. Definitely something that I learned from traveling. Um, and also like just depending on how many nights you stay and how many turn down services you get, um, you can, yeah, you can choose to like, I always try to leave if I've stayed a couple of nights of 20, um, you know, and if they do more turns, turn downs than that, obviously you can choose to use more, leave more, but yeah, it's just nice. It is. It's nice to, you know, those are the people who are making things nice for you. So I've, I, I was a tipped employee for many, many, many years in, in a few different jobs. And, um, yeah, you, you live off those. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I'm in Vegas. I get the room upgrade. I've got a, uh, I've got a personal fire escape with no ladder mm -hmm. and, or what would you call that? A balcony. Okay. <laughs> now I'm all confused. <laughs> a, a big terrace. Of, of, look, is it a terrace is a balcony. 
I got to stop oh my this. God. Oh my God. Dude. Moving on. Okay. Yeah. You just, okay. A balcony is like a small little sort of jutting out from a window or a doorway. A terrace would be a wraparound situation like you have at the Cosmo where you can actually walk out. Maybe there's chairs and tables out there. A patio is something that juts out from your house that is on the ground level. Um, what else can we go through here? Terrace, balcony, patio, deck. A deck is usually off the back. Also going to be at ground level, similar to a patio. But a little raised up. Sure. But a balcony is up high, and it's going to be off a door or a window, and it's going to permit one or two people to walk outside. A terrace is going to be a larger situation, generally kind of like wrapped around part or a whole of the corner of the home. So I had a terrace. Great. <laughs> Let us never do this again. <laughs> is this your first time listening? Oh, my God. Probably also your last time yeah, listening. Yeah, real estate, real estate and hotel rating podcast, Weed and Grub. Great time. <laughs> Let me light some weed here so we can at least we can like sage some of that away. Hang on a second. And so uh, I'm up in my place. I unpack and I immediately um, I had brought a bottle of Tito's, um, a some chili cheese Fritos, a big thing of white cheddar popcorn, a pack of Red Bulls, and a big thing of water. Mm. And then I had also brought a bunch of weed and a bunch of mushrooms. Great. And what I did in Vegas for two days, if I wasn't playing Buffalo Slots, shout out Buffalo. Buffalo, great big buff. Love a buff. Yep. Love a buff. Treated me right. I walked out of there 160 bucks up. Holy smokes. Yeah, it felt Love good. the buffs. Got That's some nice stampede. Hot buff action. But if I wasn't down there doing that, I was in my room on mushrooms, smoking weed, and watching documentaries on Showtime in nice. the Cosmo. And a lot of people like kind of have made fun of me and they're like, You went all the way to Vegas to watch Showtime. And one, I don't have Showtime. So yeah, I did. And two, um, it is exactly my safe place because I don't have anywhere to be. I have nothing to do. Yes. I can I can live in privacy or I can be out in this crazy fucking psychedelic swirl. But either way, all bets are off. There are no rules. And it really just allows me to like unfurl a lot of pain and anger and sadness and turn it into productive like mm. how can i use this as fuel and but to do though but to do that i need to take a bunch of drugs and watch a rick rubin documentary and a kobe bryant documentary and be on mushrooms i love that um you know what you need to reset and unfurl and that since you and i have known each other you've done this a few times now you're like it's time for me to just go to vegas and i totally get it because what i think i'm hearing is that you you Use the neutrality of that space as a repository for whatever it is that you can just kind of leave behind. Like you're going like you're like a bit of a snake shedding its skin mm -hmm. and you want to shed the skin in a space where you don't need to worry about energetically cleaning it up. Right. Like, you know, that the swirl of Vegas is that that whole room is going to be changed and cleaned and nice and fresh for someone after you leave. And it's not your responsibility to like, you know, like if you're doing that stuff at your house, you're always going to leave some energetic imprint there. Right. Absolutely. And I really did like baptize myself this time because I had that like beautiful tub that they hooked me up oh. with. And so, you know, I filled that baby with super hot water, uh -huh. poured myself a Red Bull and vodka, oh. ate another half gram of mushrooms, okay. opened up my terrace uh, glass door, lit a joint, put on Fred again, and just like soaked in that tub and kind of like dunked my head up and under for like a good half hour until I felt free. Is this tub... Can I ask you some questions about the tub? Tub, yeah, this is the tub corner. Okay, tub corner. Um, like, is this like a 
a kind of like full up to your chin, water, fully submerged kind of situation? They won't let you do that because of the drugs that you're probably on in Vegas. Because there has to be an automatic drain release for those tubs. Otherwise, you might go under and never come back up, right? Oh, sure, sure. There's plenty of sad stories like that. But I just want to know about your submersion level, not not necessarily think about sad people who died in bathtubs in Vegas. Oh, sorry. Were you... (laughs) (laughs) Were you... um, Did you feel like you were like floating in the water where you just kind of like your butt's wet and your knees are sticking out and your chest hair is getting kind of cold. Like how submerged were you? The chest hair is smooth mm-hmm. down. Great. It's all going one direction down river. Okay. Um, I'm up to my neck. Great. And I keep just going under mm-hmm. almost like in that uh, movie where the woman is under the bathtub and she opens her eyes and it gets real scary. Fatal attraction. Fatal attraction. <laughs> I'm Glenn fatal, Close and attra- fatal attraction. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm fatal attractioning myself. Single bubble, single bubble escaping from your nose before you leap back and yeah. Plink. Plink. <laughs> exactly. And okay. then I come back up. I grab my vodka, take a sip. Yep. I turn up Fred again. I say, hey, Siri, run it back. Turn it up. Mm. And then I relight that joint. And uh, and then once the, the beauty of Vegas, too, is that you're allowed to do all of this in your apartment just as much as you're allowed to do it in a hotel or anywhere else that you want to give yourself permission. But God damn it, when you get out of that hot fucking bath and then you walk over and you have this powerful cold water shower that hits you and then you walk out of that and you pull this terry cloth robe out of the cosmopolitan mm-hmm. closet, wrap yourself in that robe and then look out over the strip, mm-hmm. like it feels fucking free and, and you i pretend don't know you're like a young king exactly looking over your domain oh a pinky ring grows out of my finger <laughs> all of a sudden my hair is slicked back to the side and i'm wearing a tux and pacino's like you look fucking good <laughs> and then later when your whole night's done and you slide into those crisp crisp white sheets ooh, that's my favorite feeling absolutely After you've been running 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 around all night and then you just get into those hotel sheets no matter how many times I wash and dry and like make my sheets as pristine as possible, there's nothing I like better than a freshly made bed. You can't get the hotel sheet situation at your house. Not at all. Oh my God. Is your phone talking to me? Because I just said Siri, something about high Siri time. just said, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Siri needs your Siri is responding to my sheet desires. <laughs> got it. Could okay, use Siri, that with all the April weird 5th. shit Michael asks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my birthday is April 5th. I would like some crisp hotel sheets for... Uh, for that birthday this year. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Siri. Wild. Sheets coming. The last thing I want to say about Vegas is actually two things. The first thing is I hope everybody has that place for themselves that yeah. they can go that feels like a sanctuary um, for better or for worse uh, to celebrate and not celebrate whatever the opposite of celebrate is. I hope everyone has that sanctuary place Wait, for themselves. Wait, you mean you say sanctuary for better or for worse to celebrate and not celebrate? There's a lot of double talk in there. I'm not hearing what you're saying exactly, I think. So this one was a not celebrate sanctuary. Got it. Um, When I record my album, March 30th at the Hollywood Improv, directed by producer Mark, and you're going to be there as well. I will. Um, After I record that album, we're talking about going back to Vegas and going to the Cosmo for a couple days, and that will be a celebration sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the duality, like for me, the Cosmo in Vegas is both. This for you was just a sanctuary of safety to reset and restore and get to a neutral place because you were like just needing some quiet. Yeah. Look, I mean, if we're going to really talk about I was in bed for five days Mm -hmm. and you really came through and really tried to help me. But, you know, you got to help yourself, too. So if you're going to be in bed for five fucking days, not showering, not staying clean, not eating, not doing anything, um, you know, it only gets deeper the further you dig. So you got to do whatever you can to get out of it. Um, So it is what it is. 
Well, thank you for being open about it. Honestly, like that's one of the things that, um, you know, when I listen to people talk about their various, like the ways that they address anxiety or depression or all that kind of stuff, everything is such a singularly personal, there is no one thing works for anyone but you kind of version. And so it's, I, I think it's just good and also valuable for me to hear what works for you. And specifically one thing that doesn't, that I've learned is like, it doesn't work for you to have anyone show up and like jolly your, you out or like try and sort of like shore you up in any way. You're like, I just kind of need to do my own thing and including going and being by myself for a couple of days. So a hundred percent, it's really good to know like what is helpful. Yeah. Sometimes that's leaving you alone. It more times than not, it is right. Especially cause I grew up in a family where I spent a lot of time alone in my room or a lot of time trying to like handle my own issues because it wasn't possible for other people to handle them for me think, with me i think so. what's hard though sometimes is that you you always want to make sure that the person like whoever it is that you are trying to be to that person like you just want them to know you're there and that you, you are supporting in whatever way you can and sometimes when you can't do anything that feels um it's like you then you make it about yourself and you're like but i'm sad because i can't help and you and I kind of had a conversation like that where you were like, listen, this isn't actually anything to do with you right now. And like, you're great, but I got to go. And I was like, OK, that's good for me to understand and know. And also to have just been communicative about with you. Like it wasn't like a even a difficult discussion. It was just like I needed to kind of hear like there's not much you can do and this isn't about you. Yes. And I was like, got it. Yes. Got it. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. So good. thank you for talking about it. Yeah, which actually brings me to my last Vegas point because oh. I feel like we've been on me, 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 me for so long. I, uh... <laughs> and everyone watching the YouTube is like, why are they wearing those things? <laughs> well, you just talk about it already. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> they look crazy. What are they going to do? Okay. Um, because they pump pure oxygen throughout the hotel, mm -hmm. You, I'm never hungover. I'm never ate up in any way from all the mushrooms and indulgence and everything else. You know, the worst that happens is I eat too much mumafuku and, uh, you know, I go into a salt coma. But then you wake up the next day, red blood cells full pure oxygen pumping through the veins. You're younger, you're spicier, you're more energetic than ever, and you have all the energy to do it again. I, When you talk about your red blood cells in the oxygenated environment of the casino, when you said that when you came back, I immediately pictured a bunch of like inflatable like water wings or like inner tubes or something who like get all kind of like flabby and they're like floating on down on the river, like just blah. But then you go and you puff them up and then it's like your whole blood is just a river of these like happy puffed up inner tubes all bumping into each other and be like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Cool. Well, so that's Vegas. And um, thank you for asking me about it. And you had the idea for this whole situation when you were there and you oh, texted yeah. me about it at like two in the morning. <laughs> I texted you about that. And I also want to do a public shout out to you because while I was on a bunch of mushrooms in Vegas, um, you know, technically partying my ass off because I was doing drugs in a Vegas hotel, uh, you were handling our podcast and <laughs> writing all of the copy, editing it, uploading it, and truly like handling our business. So I just want to say thank you, Mary Jane, for letting me go shoot to the moon and back while you handled what was here on earth. Uh, that is what we do for each other all the time. Super down to do it whenever you need me to do, just like you've done it for me so many times. So cheers to that. Cheers to that. And that's where I came up with this. <laughs> okay. Are we getting on to that? And yeah, this? we is must. We, okay. I don't even know. Oh my God. It's been yeah. so... <laughs> we've, been, we've, we've just been sitting here for 20 plus minutes with the... Uh, 
these loofahs. Yeah. So uh, I think you should intro it because it was your idea. Ah, uh, I'm infected. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody, and I got Mary Jane infected. You got me infected. I it bet was, you. It was the cordyceps in my blood. It's yeah. crazy. We're learning all about it. Uh, there's one episode left. I thought we were going to make it all the way through The Last of Us without getting infected. But damn it. Ugh. We got got. Yeah. I just ate the mushrooms. I've, I've, I just forgot and ate mushrooms. <laughs> 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 I've been microdosing and it turns out now I'm infected. <laughs> um, the Last of Us is so incredible as as a piece of tv goes like those are the clickers for anyone who's not watching you'll find out they're they're scary there's all kinds of different infected in in the show i'm a bit of a bloater this week too you are yeah as far as all the uh hamburgers and everything else i've been doing on the road yeah yeah i'm a bit of a bloater all as that well salt and sodium <laughs> and <laughs> i'm just i'm just a clicker um <laughs> i'm still uh yeah i haven't haven't ascended to the bloater phase yet but Fuck, man, that show. The last time I watched a show like this where I would like make sure that I didn't read anything or like, you know, not miss an episode. Like I'm watching it on the Sunday. Hopefully if you and I can get together, we're doing it together. Um, I truly think the last time I did this might have been with Lost. Wow. Like a long ass time. I was a Lost fanatic. And that was another cultural phenomenon like this. Like, yeah. you know, I skipped Game of Thrones. Um, but I feel like it, this is in the same conversation as all totally. of Totally. Prestige TV. Yeah. Incredible storytelling. The acting in the show is so unbelievably fantastic. And the cool, based on a video game, and they took a lot of those video game actors and put them in the show, which is a cool Easter egg to know like that like in the episode with Melanie Linsky, the guy who plays her like second in command actually played uh, Joel's brother That's in the video right. game. And on this most recent ep, episode eight, um, one of the guys who plays one of the people from this cult. Mm -hmm. Wait, but... No spoilers. I'm going to spoil some stuff. Oh, okay. So Careful. It, I just want to speak Beep. freely. Okay. So if you don't want to hear about Last of Us, skip episode this eight. part, episode eight, because mm -hmm. I'm going to just speak freely starting That's now. too long. That was nope, too sorry. long. Okay. I hated that pause. <laughs> that made me nervous. I feel sick. I'm going to throw up. That was too long. People just stopped listening. You think it was too long? Yes. It felt two beats too long. Oh my God, it was so long. Jesus Christ, I just broke into a sweat. Where's that joint? Okay, can I do it one more? Hand me I'm the joint. I'm going to do one more starting now. No, you got it. We're just going with it. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will jump in and remove 20 seconds of that pause <laughs> before we drop this. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Um, so, so um, Jesus. the guy who's a part of the cult yeah. in this episode, is uh, he plays Joel in the series. Uh -huh. Which is really, really cool, fun Easter egg because he was great on the show. Are you looking for a lighter? I'm looking for a lighter. I don't mm. know where it is. Okay, just keep I talking. I can't either. stand the silence. So uh, I think that this is the first TV show in a very long time when I have felt like deep, deep emotional connection to the characters. Mm -hmm. And usually I would be super mad that there's not enough like zombies for me and there's not enough terrifying things around the corner. Mm -hmm. But in a show like this where, like you said man is actually the evil on in this show humanity are the bad people this this cordyceps it's just trying to survive like anything else but it's not it's not making any like choices to be evil right. where man is kind of like talk talking themselves around 
it so it's yeah. okay to be evil yeah it's the humans that are scary for yeah. sure and, and the, in this episode in particular it's the scary scary human who actually talks about how the cordyceps fungus is love in effect and it's just trying to live and it's just trying to propagate and it's just trying to survive and that's a beautiful thing when you know i mean <clears throat> but he was equating it to why it's okay that he's a pedophile uh yeah for sure or a rapist or well, whatever the fuck we don't really we didn't get too much of his backstory I, it's inferred um, pretty strongly yeah it was pretty fucking awful um, yeah so it was a terrifying episode it was very scary um ellie bella ramsey fully like achieved the pinnacle of like her, her story i mean i know we have another episode to go but like she she really reached a new level of f amazingness yeah um yeah i i loved it i thought it was a great app how do you feel with all of your um tiktoks and instagrams for your new uh, series. It's the Mayo for me. How do you feel about watching somebody like Bella taking an axe to these old men who are trying to like child bride her and tell her that you need my help. You can't do this without me. You're not strong enough. And then she takes a fucking knife to their neck and lets the world know. Are you talking just about fem feminism? And how yeah, I like, I mean, like, are there layers of that stuff? in this for you? I mean, yeah, feminist rage is something that I think uh, m most women have felt, even if they don't identify as feminists, like just the rage of being a woman and being told you know, uh, how to behave and, and what to do and being oppressed and controlled and all that kind of stuff, for sure. And many different little micro and macro levels. Obviously, it was the most extreme example of that with Bella, where she was being restrained and then possibly was going to be murdered by these people. So yeah, that rage, of course, of course, I identify it with it. But like, I think that most of what I'm trying to do with the sandwich series is be like, lighthearted and engage people in conversation and talk about making sandwiches. And so I'm not trying to bring that same um, pure fire and blood. <laughs> But for sure, it simmers, I think, you know, in, in general, like, I mean, I think that's something that some dudes don't necessarily understand is that like, that is that 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 feeling that rage is just background for a lot of people who are existing in a, in a world where they feel like, um, held back by mm -hmm. by the general sort of like, systemic, you know, patriarchy, which I know is like a word that a lot of people are like, oh God, whatever. But it is, it's, it's a, it's a male dominated system that works in favor of certain people, especially white men. And, um, so yeah, there's a lot to be mad about, but I'm not trying to be mad. <laughs> I'm having a great time making sandwiches people at it's the mayo for me. Check Hell it yeah. out. The one when this episode <laughs> drops is actually quite funny. Mm. It's a funny one. Yeah. It's I, I, um, is this, this is dropping tomorrow. Yeah. Happy International Women's Day, everyone. Uh, yeah, my sandwich today um, is in tribute to two of my favorite female comedians from Newfoundland where I grew up, Kathy Jones and Mary Walsh, who did a bit as loud feminists years ago where they were like, every International Women's Day, a woman crawls out of her burrow to take her rightful place in the sun. And then the international men give her a smack upside of the head until she crawls back into her burrow for another year. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. They're ding, very ding. funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't even want to make jokes. I don't feel comfortable making jokes about that. You can absolutely make jokes about it. Bad They're not going to be funny enough. Well, I don't, this is the thing we've got, like, I don't even know where to start with you on that. Like, if I had ever said to you, I don't want to make jokes I, I, because I don't want them to be funny enough, what would you have said to me? Uh, you would have accused me of, like, not not uh, wanting to play along or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd be mad. Yeah. I'd be like, would it kill you to play along? They're yeah. just jokes. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> 
and and also not would it kill you because I think you're so like your your jokes and your takes are always so funny. Like I had such a good time with laughing with you the other night because we were watching a terrible show, and I made a joke and I said, "What is this woke feminist bullshit?" And we were cracking up. <laughs> nobody, and nobody then you wants to it. watch that HBO Max show, whatever the band show is. Yeah, or I think we, I think in that one we were watching Riverdale, maybe. Oh, Riverdale's a real piece of shit. Oh my god! And then, but you took it so far, and you got you you had me freaking howling about it. So I was like, maybe on the pod where like we're blasting out to people and having opinions about god things. damn it the but first episode of R- riverdale when Ugh. the one hot girl goes thank god there's a gay best friend here and he's like and i'm the gay best friend it was like something hacky like that dialogue yeah. punch my fucking mouth man go fuck yourself that show is a real stinker it was hack yeah. um the oh the the last of us do you because it's going to happen for season two mm-hmm. how do you think next week is going to end oh. because as it is right now, they have not reached the zone where they have to reach so that she can save the world. They have not reached the fireflies. Yeah. I think, um, well, I don't know. I mean, how do you, how do you end a successful season one while still wanting people to come back? I can't even guess. I don't even want to guess. I'm just, I've been so surprised and delighted at every turn. And obviously someone who doesn't play video games. So I really didn't know what the fuck was going to happen at all. And a lot of people who do play the last of us have been like, duh, if you just played it, you would, you know, have guessed at a lot of this. And that's so cool of them to say. That's so cool. They're so, (laughs) they're such fun people (laughs) making, (laughs) but, um, so I don't even want to guess. I have no idea. Uh I think they're going to do something awesome. I'm so glad that, um, the actors that we have are along with us and still alive. <clears throat> if you, this is another spoiler for if you're only on episode four or five. I don't want to give any more spoilers. Okay. Do you think that where she put that medicine would be an accurate, helpful place to put that medicine? I'm guessing yes. Okay, I am too, but I really wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't like have in stuck the it real world, right into the wound like that. But clearly, mm-hmm. it worked. Yeah, it definitely worked. But gross. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of uh, Pedro as the new James Bond? Oh, is that it being floated? I'm floating it. Oh. I think that would be a phenomenal James Bond. You've got great suggestions for James Bond. Didn't you want Gillian Anderson for James Bond too? Those are my top two, Gillian Anderson and Pedro Pascal for James Bond. Yeah, and uh, I think Pedro Pascal would be phenomenal. I think he would look dapper in a suit and he would also like swing a punch real good. I want Gillian Anderson more because obviously we've been, we haven't had a female Bond. And also I think she would just be so like sexy and devious mm-hmm. and like fucking Marcus saying Zendaya. Shut up, Mark. She's That's too young. crazy. And what are you on, talking what are you about? Ta- what are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, or Idris Elba, which I think, I think he's been taken out of the running. I think he said he wasn't going to do it. No, he's got a hot DJ career. Really? Yeah, he spins. Jesus, what can he not do? Uh, what can't he do? What can he not do? <laughs> that weed's great. Um, um, probably eat eat a carb. No, I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. He can do that. He can do whatever it wants. His genetics are. He's gorgeous. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Um, yes, definitely. But Gillian Anderson for me above that. Yeah. Cool. Um, is it? Well, this is probably a good time for us to get to our news, right? Okay. Um, well, you pull it up. I'm gonna go like this. Okay, Grubla Gazette, brought to you by The Last of Us. <laughs> this story is from the New York Times, and the headline is Whiskey Fungus Fed by Jack Daniels Encrusts a Tennessee Town. Whoa, a drunk fung? The g- dark growth fed by alcohol vapors from barrels of aging Jack Daniels whiskey has coated homes, cars, patio furniture, and road signs in a sooty crust. One woman is suing Lincoln County. 
So there's this ethanol-fueled fungus known as whiskey fungus, which has thrived for centuries around distilleries and bakeries. And tons of people around these Kentucky bourbon distilleries are making complaints. Um, for months, residents have complained that this crust has blanketed homes, cars, patio furniture. Oh, patio furniture. I wonder about balcony furniture and trees. <laughs> um, it's just everywhere. And they're saying that they can like scrape it off and it just, re you know, because it's a fungus. So, you know, there's only so much that you can do to mitigate it, I guess. Yeah. Scrape it off and then it grows right back. Um, and people are, people are really struggling. They're pissed. It's crusted the branches of magnolia trees. There are all sorts of like pictures on here. Uh, it's darkened like the copper roof of this couple's home and the exterior walls and crept over the rock garden. It just sounds like cordyceps, uh, fungus and last of us. It's, you know, it's like just taking over. That's real life. Yeah. And they're, um, and it's interesting because we also had a, a question from someone named Wilhelm who DM'd us and was like, could you talk about the crop killing fungus that's going on right now, endangering cannabis crops? And we haven't actually had a chance to look too much into that, but I just thought it was so interesting that this fungus story popped up on my feed when we were going to do The Last of Us. So I wanted to talk about that, um, which is in the New York Times. You can read all about it. And then we'll look into the cannabis crop fungus and learn more. So it seems like fungus is against all drugs and alcohol. If it's it, they're trying to kill weed, they're trying to kill whiskey. But the they're, fungus is a drug because the ergot, uh, which is a fungus that's where LSD was um, originally synthesized from and psilocybin is a fungus. So it's just anti certain kinds of drugs. Wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you know, um, they also, the fungus took over um, that first Incubus album. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What was it called? Fungus Among Us. <laughs> so they've been around for a while. What is the song from that album? Uh, from Fungus Among Us? I don't know. It was a real psychedelic, trippy one, though. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm blanking. I don't know. Were you an While Incubus fan? Spot. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. At what age? Um, since the first one I knew was Pardon Me, and that was from their second album. And then I found Fungus Among Us after that because it didn't break through like their second album did. All the way up until um, uh, Megalomaniac and a little bit after that. Mm -hmm. uh, I really loved uh some of the stuff in the middle so probably from when i was like 24 wow. 24 or something like that okay yeah sorry i was doing discography math but <laughs> to figure it out i had to think about like when i really loved them and uh yeah and i i saw them live and i also saw them on mushrooms for that live show yeah yeah good things man seeing music when you're on like if it's the right combination of everything that has absolutely been my favorite way to see music yeah like when we were at uh life is beautiful and you and i saw arcade fire and it was so perfect and i remember at one point turning to you and seeing your face and you were so lit up with joy and i was like and who's this band and you were like it's still arcade fire <laughs> and i was like oh my god they're so good <laughs> but this new song sounds totally different and you were like yep they've yep. got a whole bunch of them <laughs> fantastic it really is that's mm -hmm. the best the joy uh, knows no bounds boy man every documentary i've read about like if the apocalypse didn't come from something uh man-made like a disease or like from a meteor hitting or something everyone mm -hmm. says plants taking over is going to be the downfall of human society and the last of us have pr has shown that in a really great storytelling way but stories like you know that, an unstoppable fungus. fungus climbing all over your roof yeah. Yo, what are you going to do? Well, and it's crazy because, you know, I, I have a really good friend who had um, 
like it was one of those her life was going so well everything you know she was engaged to be married and she just bought her dream home and her career was on track and all of a sudden she started getting sick and nobody knew why and like you know years and years and years turns out she has a sensitivity to black mold and when they pulled up the carpeting and everything in her house her whole house was an old home it was in the pacific northwest where it's super super humid and her house was basically made of black mold and it made oh her so sick God. and she had to like she changed her jobs and like the whole thing she moved away i think her relationship ended like there was a whole bunch of stuff where she was like just every everything was put into crisis and it was yeah. all because of this mold in her fucking house that wow. was the stranger within that was the home invasion it was the mold <laughs> she's okay now good good ending <laughs> wait this is also fucked up because i'm gonna put you on this is a creamed corner uh-oh cornering uh -oh. of mary jane gibson i'm, I'm cornering I'm getting you cornered okay you're getting cornered mm -hmm. you don't like raw mushrooms i don't uh, and that is so crazy. In a salad, no. a raw mushroom in a salad is one of the best textural components you can add to a salad. Eating a raw mushroom in a salad is like when you have like a a, a thick piece of skin. What's that called? A callus. Yeah. And you know how sometimes you can get them wet and you can like pull them off. Yep. And then they dry a little bit and you can put it like on the side of your sink and it's like a dry callus. Mm -hmm. That's what a mushroom is like. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so gross. In your salad, it's like a dried out callus. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, why would I do that? Because uh, they taste good. You like that earthy taste. I, I mean, look, I just like there have been multiple times where it's like I've not gotten mushroom on pizza because I was like, you hate mushrooms. You but just hate uncooked mushrooms. Uncooked. I love a cooked mushroom. Yeah. I love a fried, sauteed, um, roasted, grilled you know, dried and reconstituted and put in a soup. Like there are any number of ways that I love mushrooms. I just like, you know, I, I've even eaten handfuls of just dried psilocybin mushrooms. Like can we do it? You're going to get something out of it. Can we do a weed and grub poll on our story? Yeah. Raw, raw dog versus aw naw. Yeah. Who, who listening to this podcast likes raw mushrooms any, anytime, anywhere? Me. Wow. What do you like about it? Well, two things. One is I love cutting. A mushroom is my favorite thing to cut with a chef's knife. Mm -hmm. Hands fucking down. The way it glides through, the way it's tough but easy. I love running through it. And then there's just something about like, because I don't clean them off. I eat the dirt. I eat I eat everything. I eat like the whole thing. So I feel like I'm just like a forest troll in my apartment with my weird hairy chest that is munching on the land. Have you gone foraging? I'd like to. I feel like, yeah, you. I just can picture you like out in the Pacific Northwest forest or like the Northern California forest with a burlap sack, you know, foraging around and like humming happily to yourself and like smelling them and just having a great time. Maybe Archie Moo would go with you to be your truffle hunter dog. Ooh, I would love to do yeah, that. Yeah, that I truly sounds like would a nice to way to that. spend your time. Yeah. Like if I could do that, um, I mean, with our episode that we're going to be dropping here soon, mm. I would uh, maybe I'd go back to where we were as a little foreshadowing yeah. and be able to go foraging in a place like that. Southeast Alaska. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah also, yeah. our friend Reggie Harris up in Oakland, uh, they lead foraging groups out into nature uh, in NorCal, too. I know there are a bunch of like I don't want to do it with a group. Up. Oh, yeah. You just want to go by yourself. You kind of need to go with at least one person who can sort of show you where to look. I okay. Think. I just, well, I'm not good on tours. I don't sure. need to make new friends and talk to dudes in Tiva sandals about what they do for a living while looking for mushrooms. You're weirdly anti-group when I see you thrive in groups. I work hard. I know. You do so well. Thanks. I see you doing it. It's because it's my, fa oh, this is so gross. But one of my favorite things to do 
is to pretend I'm a conductor in mm -hmm. a group and tee people up for conversation, put put in a joke when I think the energy needs to be lifted. I really think of myself as this like symphony conductor in group conversations because it's really the only way I can get through it without a massive amount of anxiety oh, and God, also yeah. a lot of um, uh, second guessing myself to just say anything at all. So mm -hmm. I have to like do a lot of pretend to, to get through interesting i feel like a lot of the people yourself included who i know who are absolutely wonderful at social gatherings and in group situations are um very conscious of the anxiety that they feel and they're working against it all the time and that's what makes them incredible it's like resistance training right it's like yeah. you've lifted all the weights to like get to the place where you can just make sure that everyone's having an awesome time i don't want to put anyone on blast here but i can think of like five friends off the top of my head who are all incre have incredible social anxiety and are like so good at parties yeah 100 <laughs> percent. so shout out all of you who suffer from social anxiety and are great at parties because we see you <laughs> absolutely and shout out to austin i made a couple i'm making mistakes left and right these days but oh. i had brought up in a previous episode that we were going to answer austin's question and then i'm sure i talked about seagulls for too long or some dumb shit we definitely and so we didn't even get to his question we got their question yeah we got way too wrapped up in whatever it was we were talking about and said we're gonna answer a question and then totally didn't i have it here can i read it well actually the difference between a balcony and fire escape is the ladder so if the ladder's not on the fire escape technically it's a balcony um, was that making fun of me? No, that was like how we never get to the next thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want to talk about fire escapes more and not talk about this question? God damn it. Jesus. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we were almost on track. I hold on. I go, hold on. How do you feel about bobsledding? So that's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Versus the, luge. Versus luge. I think luge is a lot harder and also a lot fancier because, yeah. you know, you got no top on the rocket. Yeah. But a bobsled, I think, is actually harder because you're having to work with somebody else and you're hunched down, which instead of laying flat. You, did you know that with bobsleds, like there's one person who is just truly weight and they're not doing much other than just being an amazing sort of like lead weight in the sled and the other person is doing all of the steering? I didn't know that. So they're working, they're, they're acting like a rudder more yeah. or less. No, not even. Like they are just weight, I think. And they might steer a little bit, but I just know that like when that bobsled goes down the hill, when it rockets out, it's like one person who's in charge of everything and the other person just has to be awesome and trust. That's wild. It's kind of like this podcast, Mike. Yes. What, who's the dead weight? I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the week. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's two dead weights. The bobsled goes nowhere. It just kind of no like slides down the track, rolls around. At least it's amusing while it does it. People <laughs> have a good time tuning in and watching the bobsled just spin in circles and never answer any questions that anyone ever asks us. I swear to God, though, we are productive members of society. Uh, I bought these loofahs. I know you did. I love them. I'm going to keep this look i'm i'm feeling it all right what's austin's question oh good you got oh nice he didn't he didn't buy it he didn't take the bait of never getting back to it okay austin thank you so much for dming us and austin said hey in last week's pod you and mike were talking about how yelling and abuse is no way to run anything at all so i think this must have been referring to our episode where we got into it about renee redzepi and the culture in kitchens yes no men in particular yes Austin said, I was just wondering, what is your opinion on young kids being nominated for things like Razzies, which are awards that are given to the, quote, worst in the industry um, related to, I guess, just like that culture of abuse and getting yelled at and being told you, you suck at something? Um, that was my sidebar. Austin says, I hope this finds you in good tidings and I love the pod. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you for writing in. Finally, we're getting to it. Um, how do you feel about it, Mike? How? What's your opinion on young kids being nominated for awards like Razzies, which are 
telling you basically that you suck. I think that the Razzies are fucking stupid. Mm. The internet is already hard enough. We all know cats sucked. Right. We all know Judy Dench should not have done that movie that she was aching to do, supposedly. Right. Like the Razzies would be great if it would take the 1% down a peg mm. and like, you know, the way that the state of, not the state of the union, the presidential <laughs> talking thing where they make fun of the president. Oh, the president's dinner? President's dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if it's it the White was, House correspondence dinner, I think. Is, yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you. You know, if it's, if it's things like that where you're right. punching. Speaking truth to power. Yeah, then great. But the Razzies are some fucking bullshit. Like you did the best you could. Your thing freaking sucks. You're trying to bury it now and now you're going to get a Razzie for it. Like, I don't think anyone wants to hold that trophy. Anyone who plays along with it is not like is doing it for PR and media and not because they are like, ah, gosh, I wish I didn't suck so fucking bad. And the and then Twitter already came for you 10x anyway. So now you're going to add a trophy to it. Fuck off. Yeah. I t totally, uh, I mean, yeah, I agree just on all, everything you said, like everything is already so mean and weird. And if you're not like, yeah, like you said, sort of punching up or, you know, saying like most out of touch filmmaking or like most Nepo baby something or, you know, something where you're really like calling out something that's privileged or, you know, overfunded when something else got, you know, overlooked. I don't really know how the Razzies work, but it is just saying this sucked so much that we're going to like call it out as sucking the most. Right. And that uh, I know like super, like I think Haley ba Halle Berry won a Razzie for something famously and I actually showed up to accept it. So I know that there's like history of these being given to people who were like, you know, famous and they show up to be like, ha ha ha, that was a bad move or whatever. But I totally agree. And in this particular case, Austin's referring to um, a young actor, who I think was 14 or 15, um, who was like nominated for a Razzie for her work. And it's like, the fuck, you know? I don't also like anyone who capitalizes on failure to make money and to make a name for themselves. Right. I, like, I don't know who created the Razzies, and maybe I'm going to be wrong about what type of people I think they are, but I don't think I am. I think you're somebody who is like a failure yourself, and mm. then you just wanted to like bitterly creep on everyone else's failure and then try and make money doing it and calling it like a tongue-in-cheek funny faux pas in, sure. in the industry every year and it ain't yeah it's some 14 year old who is like excited about their career doing the best that they fucking can and then you're gonna shit on it for ratings and fame and a, a great point especially given how hard it is to get anything made to, like if you made a movie that people saw congratulations yeah great job yeah. no matter how much it sucks because how fucking hard is that like i can barely get my iCloud to put the photos that i took into the thing over i don't even i don't know where are my photos <laughs> where are my photos where are all my photos all of a sudden well, iCloud the crazy thing about iPhoto is that it puts them all in chronological order so i have to go back through like months often to find something that i want to why you sent me a picture the topic? other day you sent me a picture the other day and i downloaded it mm -hmm. but it wasn't in my first slot yeah i had to go back to 2021 to find it because yeah. that's when it was from hella annoying hell of annoying it's oh. worse than the razzies <laughs> yeah iCloud you're out got him give iCloud a Razzie but am I a hypocrite because I really went we went toe-to-toe -to -toe on this Renee Redzepi thing and we got a this is one of quite a few people we've talked to about it sure and um am I a hypocrite for shitting all over the Razzies but defending Renee Redzepi no, can can I be honest about it yeah what I think is that you um defended Renee Redzepi because of your history as uh, someone who loves uh cooking and loves hockey and being an athlete and you feel like the times that you have had constru constructive criticism through someone who's yelled at you that it has helped you like you've experienced that and you also see that 
like that's just how it works in a lot of kitchens. And so you understand like that's they're striving for greatness when the Razzies are nothing to do with constructive criticism or helping someone get better or doing anything other than like punching them in the nuts when they tried to stand up and be vulnerable and show something that they've made. So that's why I don't think you're a hypocrite. I think you're like it's right on um, track with your your moral and ethical code, Mike. Thank you. You're welcome. I think you're, yeah, you just want everyone to succeed and do well. And um, Razzies don't have any any place in that, really. Not not in today's world. Mm-mm. Like you're saying, like, yeah, the internet's mean. I'm getting crazy comments of like, it was really funny putting anything out of about myself in video form because I already like, it's, you know, not the easiest thing to just like put yourself out in a video every day um, when it's not something, I didn't grow up with social media, right? So like doing a video every day has been like, okay, someone's going to say something about me. And they they definitely freaking have. And a lot of dudes want to say shit about like my hair or my weight or whatever. And I think that, um, yeah, it's just hard when, when people want to be fucking mean to you when they don't even know you. So the Razzies is just like a, a fucking uh, the, uh, amplification of that. Yeah. Also, I'm I'm knocking these guys back left and right. It's pretty great. Man, they get madder and madder the more you aren't getting mad. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Hey, if you haven't gone to It's the Mail for me, just read the comments on yeah, any of them. Don't be worried about being comments with me because I'm actually having a really good time yeah. telling these dudes that they um, can go make themselves a sandwich. And your, oh, thank you very much. Uh, your emoji game is out of control. Uh, I, it's actually infecting. Speak about funguses. The emoji game is infecting my whole text thread everywhere. I'm like emojis all the time. I sent you like five emojis in a row the other day and you were like, are you OK? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I turned into a teenager. <laughs> Smiley face, party face, fucking pizza slice, you know. Jesus. Um, all right. What's next? Uh, I mean, we could get to Buds of the Week. Well, we should do some plugs, too, because we have some oh, stuff happening. Oh, we should do some plugs. Um, this is dropping Wednesday, March 8th. Yeah. Happy International Women's Day. Is there? Can we call them carbs? What? Instead of plugs, like tour dates and stuff? I was trying oh. to think of like a weed nickname, because I know like a plug, like you would plug the carb to hit the bowl yeah is carb too convoluted for I, dates and times yeah for me it is because okay. i just get tired i get like a little like when people are like calling one thing another thing and then i'm like why didn't you call it the first thing and then i would just know what that thing is okay so it's a plug <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind okay. sorry a lot of fun here on the weed yeah, and grow podcast great time. don't call it carbs call it plugs i don't understand otherwise i'm too busy my brain is too full the most literal weed comedy <laughs> podcast you can tune into. <laughs> my brain is too full. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Plugs. So the day this drops, um, I have my show at the Comedy Store Glazers after party. There's four tickets left. Last I looked before this recording, so it's probably sold out. But there is always, always, always tickets at the door. Uh, Roy Scovel, Paul Walter Hauser, Lisa Curry, who's about to go to Anchorage. Hell yeah. With the Daily Show team. Great. Um, big, big moves there. Jesus Trejo and Alex Hooper are on that show. That's March 8th. Um, March 9th, 18th, I'm at the UCB Theater with a great show called uh, Make That Sandwich. It's me, Salt Hank, and Lindsay Ames is the host, and it's going to be her birthday celebration. So come oh, to the damn. UCB Theater 33. 30- 18 324 i'm doing a celebrity charity comedy benefit with some cooks from food network we're raising as much money as possible to get rid of food deserts and um if you can't make it to the uh the event on 324 or it's just too expensive because i think it's like a thousand dollars a plate holy moly um, you can always go to my 
Instagram and just donate whatever you can to help food deserts. It's uh, every little thing goes towards a kid not having to eat a Twinkie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then um, March 30th, 3.30, we already talked about it, but it's going to be pretty cool. Two shows, 7.30, 9.45, March 30th. I'm going to record my first album. I'm going to just call it out here. The title is going to be called Validation. It is going to be called Validation because the whole show is about love versus validation. And um, I'm very excited and I hope that it sells out and I'm going to do the best I can. It's going to be fucking awesome. I know that because I've seen you do almost all the material at this point. I think I'm sure there's going to be stuff that I haven't seen, but um, it's so fucking solid and funny and good and real and cool and funny and vulnerable and funny. Thank you. And awesome and funny. Thank you, Mary Jane. Yeah. And then we have a couple of dates coming up as well. Uh, 420 at the Ice House in Pasadena, Weed and Grub Live, I think are 930. 930. Uh, we'll, t- we'll have tickets in our bio uh, closer to that time. Maybe some other live shows. We're working on uh, getting booked in a few places and getting some announcements going. Mm-hmm. Um, in the QZ. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do a couple of shows in the QZ. Yeah. Let's go to the QZ and get some shows going. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, th- this year already feels like, you know, it's only the beginning of March. We've only had a couple of months, but it already feels energetically like a lot is in the flow and a lot is happening for us. Like we just had an awesome trip that will be uh, our whole next week's app will be dedicated to our time in Alaska. You know, your album. You're about to jump into shows. this big fellowship. I'm doing a cannabis media fellowship with the University of Vermont. Yeah. So this just like there's a lot in flux and flow. And just, I feel great about it. And I'm really excited to keep rocking with you, Mike. You too, Mary Jane. Thanks. I'd also like to say, sorry about that long pause. And also when you were talking about iCloud photo, I just interrupted you and repeated the same thing you said. <laughs> I'm so guilty of doing that to you all the time though. So good call out, but that's both of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. We're both infected. Oh um, yeah, we are both absolutely infected. You want to do Buds of the Week Let's though? do Buds of the well, Week. From my Bud of the Week, I actually need you to pull up your Bud of the Week because this bud of the week that I'm going to shout out DM'd you. He did, but we all partied together at Edinburgh together. Yeah. And he's a wild man. It's it our is... friend Sven. Yeah. Um. So I met Sven. I'm making him my bud of the week because when you said he DM'd you, I was like, oh, but he's my friend too. He's at Sven Lidman on Instagram and he is a fascinating human who has just been like traveling around the world doing crazy cool adventuresome stuff. We met him when he was flying free with the Edinburgh Fringe. He had just come from, I think, uh, somewhere abroad, like Nepal or somewhere like that. Yeah, where he was trying mad honey. He'd been, yeah, adventuring all. And then he was, I think, going to Southeast Asia from there. And he's just an adventuresome, fun, cool person who always had the, the, his energy was like a spark of light that would like swoop into the crowd and like light everyone back up. If you were feeling like you'd kind of like flagged a little bit, he was, he was the the thing that would like pop everyone back into action. So fun. So cool. Shout out Sven. Yeah. Shout out Sven. And he had DM me at Sven Lidman and said, I'm really enjoying the podcast. Just started listening to it. And I'm listening to the debate about the last of us. And I go, I think it's anti-psychedelic propaganda. <laughs> And he said, yeah, but to be fair, I do see what you mean, but I don't think that's what they're talking about. (laughs) Got it. And then he said, I definitely see right wingers going on to protest something like that and using The Last of Us as propaganda. Nobody's going to use The Last of Us as propaganda. I hope that would be (laughs) insane if anyone did try. And then he sent me a link because he's the man to a BBC studio um, 
a YouTube video called Cordyceps Attack of the Killer Fungi on Planet Earth uh, with David Attenborough. Well, watch. Narrating 11 million views. And he was like, check this out if you're into the fungus tip, which obviously we are because we're covered in it. This feels like Sven should have been your butt of the week. <laughs> What's up, Sven? <laughs> Who's your butt of the week, Mike? Damn it. My butt of the week is bone dry comedy. So shout out Billy Anderson. He's been on the show a bunch. He created the Gateway Show and we did four sold out Gateway shows in Montana, four cities, four nights four packed houses thanks to billy anderson and the gateway show and in association with alex in montana who created his own production company called bone dry comedy and it is taking montana by storm so gateway got to go out because of bone dry comedy they're also bringing in people like matt bronger they're working on kyle Kinane. alex is also a great comedian himself and so if you are in montana the montana area or you want to tour to montana Get a hold of Bone Dry Comedy at Bone Dry Comedy. Reach out to Alex and um, he will set you up because he's building a hell of a following out there. It sounded like such an amazing tour. I was following you on Instagram going from Billings to Bozeman to... Missoula to Helena. To Helena. Yeah. Freaking amazing. Um, That's rad. Montana's the only state that I've ever um, gotten a speeding ticket in and I was doing 100. You were? Yeah. And uh, the cop pulled us over and asked us if we knew what speed we'd been going and I was like, no. And then he was like, it was 100. And I was like, okay. And then he said, if I just paid him in cash right then and there, he would let it go. So I just handed him cash and he didn't write me a ticket. No way. Mm -hmm. How much cash? I think I gave him 100 bucks. 100 bucks for him. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about all of that? Because I am I equally great. happy for you and furious about a cop who's <laughs> doing mob shakedowns. I felt good about it because I didn't get a speeding ticket. 100%. So um, I felt fine. Were and you I going 100? Oh, yeah. I was definitely oh, okay. speeding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, I thought there wasn't a speed limit here. And he was like, you are wrong. <laughs> Give me money. I mean, whatever. Totally corrupt. But I got away without a speeding ticket. So I felt pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. Nice. In yeah. that case, congrats. Thanks. Wow. Everyone's going to, because we didn't. Do we have time to get to it real quick? What? Um, how I got yelled at for privilege. Oh, your immense privilege. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Let's get to ev it. Everyone's going to listen to that and be like, wow, Fucking Mary privilege. Jane's privilege. Absolutely. I'm 100% getting pulled over and getting away scot-free just by handing over cash is so fucking privileged. Totally recognize that. Um, what happened to you, Mike? Also, sometimes privilege is okay unless you get ratioed on TikTok. Well, okay. I got fucking worked on TikTok. Yeah. Um, you were Excuse coming me. back from Vegas, sitting Excuse on a plane. Me. So the TikTok version of the story is very different than the real version. I wasn't at my best on TikTok. The real version is I went from four cities in Montana, down to LA, over to Vegas, Vegas back to LA, LA up to Seattle, Seattle to Alaska, Alaska back to Seattle, Seattle to LA last night. Mm -hmm. Like I've been fucking on the road. And on the way from Vegas to LA at like 4.30 in the morning to meet with you to go to Alaska, this fucking doof had both window shades open next to himself in the in the airplane, mm -hmm. through one of them, he was looking down and enjoying the view on the way from Vegas to LA. Through the other window next to him, the sun was pouring through it into my hungover eyes, into the person across the aisles from me, hungover eyes, all of us at 4.30. And I just look at him. Fourth, bright sun and, bright. okay. No, oh, oh no, I woke up at 4.30, closer to seven. Okay, good. Sorry, closer to seven. Um, and so, you know, haggard. I look at him, the sun is in my eyes from that second window and I say, hey man, would you mind lowering that shade so that we can sleep for this hour? And he says to me with his slack-jawed bullshit mouth, mm. I'm enjoying the view. Mm -hmm. 
it drove me nuts. I sobered up immediately. And um, then I went on TikTok and I just did this quick, stupid TikTok where I said, this dumb bitch wouldn't lower the shade. It's common courtesy if someone asks and they can't see to lower the shade. Dumb bitch. The view of the sky, there's clouds under us. You couldn't even see anything down below. Look up, look down. All you can see is us. Like, fuck you, dumb bitch. Da, da, da. Mm. And then everyone came for me and was mm -hmm. like, you should cover your own eyes. This screams privilege. You asking someone to do something and them not doing it doesn't mean that they're a dumb bitch. Handle yourself. You said dumb bitch a lot. I, I'm, this is how I felt and I still feel. Um, <laughs> and then and then by the, by the end of it, I realized that my TikTok was not contextually accurate. Um, what happened was I felt like none of us could see. Mm. And then common courtesy would say, shut that blind. Mm -hmm. You you still have the other one to look out of. Right. You're looking down one next to your shoulder, and then there's one directly ahead of you that you could close and save all of our eyeballs from this slanting sun. Exactly. Right. And instead- When you explained it to me, and I totally was on your side, but just watching the TikTok, I could totally get the people would be like, okay, you said dumb bitch a lot, and um, maybe just take care of yourself. You look like shit. You're very hungover, and mm -hmm. you're complaining. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. It's so did funny. It, did it need a stitch? <laughs> By some guy who was like, this guy's so privileged. <laughs> I like the view. Yeah. But, I mean, this is a very clear example of the difference between, you know, the context of real life and a, and a little social media clip. Because if you have the real story, I'm on your side. From you the are. TikTok, I'm absolutely against. <laughs> well, maybe can we put before I delete it, because I don't need to live that life and it's my mm -hmm. account. Let's put the TikTok in the show notes sure. so people understand how off the mark I am. Uh -huh. But in real life, you do think he could have closed that second window. Oh, absolutely. Because Agreed. he had he had his own view that he could see without even worrying about closing that. Like he could have had a view and closed the thing. Yep. He could have the best of both worlds. But you, yep, got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, we worked that one out here. We really did. I just, I love that this podcast has ultimately become just like Glazer's mistakes. No way. It's <laughs> Balconies. All, it's, it's weed and grub and like holding ourselves accountable for how we act in the world. We're doing our best, man. We are. We sure are. Yeah. Um, thank you everyone for hanging with us. This week, we've got a really fun app next week. Please tune in for our adventures in Southeast Alaska. Um, follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Email us at wg at weedandgrub.com. At Mike and Mary Jane on TikTok. Uh, and our personal handles. I'm just currently making sandwiches at It's the Mayo for Me. And I am at Burt Kreischer Machine. <laughs> uh, if you want to leave a review for Weed and Grub um, this year, we are I have made it my mission to take Kreischer's spot in the podcast realm. I, I want to bump him out of top 10 or whatever it is. I mean, it's a worthy goal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. And uh, thanks, as always, producer Mark here at Petty Cash Studios and for Archie for coming. Yeah, shout out to Arch. Archie Moo. Bye, everyone. Bye.